the TSN Radio Network as we head into Labor Day. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andy McNamara. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And we're delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself this Labor Day. Go get it tonight. A medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Check out the boneless chicken, the pasta, side dishes, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert. All of it out. Delivery and carry out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Big show for you this evening as we talk to Ron Carter to the Toronto Argonauts with play-by-play voice of the Argos, Mike Hogan. We'll also get into power rankings and CFL fantasy tips with Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Want to start with the players of the week, man. Like my bonus. Oh, Levi Mitchell. Just when you might have an inkling of doubt about the Calgary Stampeders, Bo Levi says, don't worry, uh, I'll throw 452 passing yards. Yeah, passing the 400-yard single game mark for the first time in his career, 25 of 42, three touchdowns. Bo Levi Mitchell went legend. Maybe a guy who went even more legend in that game, Kamar Jordan, his receiver. Because Bo Levi did a nice job of spreading the ball around. But Kamar Jordan, 249 yards. 249. He beat the previous record of 237. 10 catches, 3 for 30 plus yards, and got himself a touchdown. Like, come on. Just unreal. That Stampeders offense was lights out, sending a message to the rest of the West over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the other uh, CFL Performer of the Week, Jagarit Davis, also of the Stampeders, a complete Stampeders sweep as he had three defensive tackles, two interceptions, and a touchdown in Saturday's game. So congrats to the Stampeders who went absolutely lights out. Okay, let's get to the news and notes from around the league. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Puts us in a continually learning state. You know, I mean, continually learning, cleaning up mistakes, uh, improving technique, improving eyes, improving how we communicate. Um, At the end of the day, those are the little details about football that, that make things really spin. And in first down, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in an interesting situation. They've scored the most points of any team in the CFL, but have stalled with two straight losses under Matt Nichols at quarterback. Rod Smith and the CFL on TSN panel discuss. Hey, Matty, Michael Shea's made it clear Matt Nichols is still his starting quarterback for the Labor Day game against Saskatchewan. Should he be? Absolutely. I think O'Shea's bang on with this call. Now, I'm not a big fan of what Mac Nichols has done in some adverse situations at the podium over the last couple of weeks when he's lost, and I think he needs to handle himself better in those situations. But he gives him the best chance to win. I, I think he starts, uh, but if he struggles, you got to make a change. This is the Labor Day Classic. We know it's a tough environment. If Matt Nichols is struggling, you got to give Straveler an opportunity to see what he can do with he's that. Got offense. a rookie quarterback. Do this guy a leash, man. He's, he's yeah. earned yeah, he's the opportunity. Leash. Give him a half. That's the lead. Oh, come on. That's the, the guy lead. is leading. Matt Nichols. He's your guy. He's your starter. Matt Nichols is 
leading the number one offense in the league. You can't, you can't make a change right now. Strevler's had three games, one great game against Montreal. The other two games, he averaged a buck sixty passing. Okay. Not yet. Yeah, so do you go with Strevler or do you go with Nichols? I'm thinking you give Matt Nichols a little bit more time, try to have himself work his way out. He looked like a franchise quarterback last year. Remember, had that injury at the start? Maybe that has hindered him getting off to the consistency that he would like to be. And if you're the Bombers, though, you got to think, okay, how much longer can we wait on this? Okay, let's get to second down. Second down. No second and ten, a pump in. Looking for Carter, Jabal! Oh, what a catch! Did you see that? The Argonauts added a dynamic playmaker in Deron Carter after his mysterious release from Saskatchewan a few weeks back. TSN's Matthew Shinetti reports on the situation along with comments from Carter himself, followed by Toronto head coach Mark Tressman. Put September 22nd on your calendar because at this point, that's the first time we're going to see Deron Carter in Argo Double Blue. Because head coach Mark Tressman was firm and emphatic that Deron Carter has to show new purpose and conviction to his coaches and teammates in Toronto. So, well, according to the head coach, we won't see Carter on Labor Day, and we won't see him a week later when the Argos and Ticats play at BMO Field on September 8th. And then the Argos have a bye. So that's September 22nd when the Argos will face, coincidentally, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's nearly a month for Deron Carter to prove that this time things will be different. The first text message he sent me was, um, this is going to be the hardest test of your career. And I said, I'm ready to work, coach. And so I think, I think you know, that's going to start our relationship on a good foot. You know, me coming out here just ready to work and proving myself. Does he really love football and does he really want to work? And uh, those are two prerequisites to, to get on the field. We don't have any, any sense of urgency uh, in any way that he has to play today or tomorrow or next week. And we're not working on that. We're working on a timetable like we do with every other player. And that's to make sure that they, they're, 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 the, the locker room is comfortable and he's comfortable in the locker room. It's a two-way street. And that he's, uh, he can efficiently line up and play. You know, I was very clear to him. He, he, he hasn't made it in any situation that he's been in. We went through everything. And, um, and I was very honest with him. You know, what makes him think that he can, he can make it here? And uh, I didn't ask him to answer the question. But I did ask him the question that uh, why should this be any different? We'll have more from Deron Carter himself as he spoke to the Toronto media later in the show and also hear from Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Argos, to go over the whole Carter situation and swing around the power of the East Division when it comes to Ottawa and Hamilton. All right, third downtime. Third down. It's the Montreal Alouettes, so of course there are quarterback controversies. Antonio Pipkin led an upset victory over Toronto last week, but Johnny Manziel has been cleared to practice. So the question is, does Montreal go back to Johnny football or Antonio Pipkin, who I've coined Pigskin Pipkin? Pigskin Pipkin. That's trademark depending. Uh, Rod Smith and the panel go over the situation. Okay, how about Montreal, Milt? I mean, if Johnny Manziel is healthy and ready to go again... 
should it obviously be him instead of Antonio Pipkin? You got to stick with the man who's hot, and that's Pipkin from Tiffin. He's killing it. Allow him to keep progressing. If he's playing well, they're winning. Why would you take him out? I know yeah, Johnny I Manziel, you want him to be your future. No, that was there. This is the man right now. I was there. I saw the way the team has responded over the last couple of weeks with Antonio Pipkin, and I really like it. I believe that he is uh, he's a hot hand, and right now this football team's looking for any type of offensive production, and they're getting it from the young quarterback. Stay there. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's Tony Pipkin. Even if even if Johnny Manziel is healthy, the Alouettes are going to be real slow on releasing him and allowing him to be mm. ready. Mm. He, he won't be ready uh, for that reason. Pipkin's bought him some more time. Yeah, no all right, you guys are all in agreement there. So there you go. Pipkin or Manziel long term. You invested so much in Johnny Manziel, you have to go back to him. And remember... Pipkin threw a pick and not a touchdown for a pass. Like, they won the game, given over the Argonauts in the upset. But you still got a long way to go. And ultimately, Johnny Manziel needs to be given as much opportunity as possible because they gave up so much to get him and have no other assets to deal. We'll step aside. After the break, Toronto Argonauts play-by-play commentator Mike Hogan talk about Jerron Carter and the state of the East Division in the CFL. That and a whole lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, get your Domino's, baby. Get your Domino's pizza, medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Very happy to join me online. My old buddy from the Toronto Argonauts, it is Mike Hogan. Hoagie, how's it going? One, I'm not your buddy. Two, do I get oh. Domino's for doing this? Um, if you left off the first part and the start of the conversation, yes. Now that you said that, no. Oh, inches from a clean getaway. Yep. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. <laughs> now, let's listen. Let's start with the news of the day, Hoagie. Like, how excited are you to eventually get to call? Hopefully, Jerron Carter touchdowns. Like, this is something where Saskatchewan almost a little bit of mysterious circumstances. Let go. Montreal didn't want him. He looked untouchable. From the best of your understanding, how did the Toronto connection come in? I assume it started with Jim Pop. Well, yeah, Jim Pop and and Jerron and Carter have a history. Jim brought him into the league, obviously, back in Montreal, and Jerron was an unrestricted free agent all of a sudden after what went down in Saskatchewan. So, I, I, what happened uh, then was uh, Jim Pop talked to Mark Cressman. Mark Cressman talked to his coaches. Mark Cressman talked to S.J. Green's former players, uh, former teammates, rather. And, uh, you know, he's got a couple in the room of high profile with S.J. Green, who's a friend and vocal advocate of bringing in Duran Carter to the Argonauts. Likewise, Bear Woods uh, was, a, was a teammate with uh, with Duran in Montreal and was also advocating that they bring him in here. So after Mark Cressman did due diligence and, Kind of got the uh, the feel of the room and had some communication with Deron Carter as a, as an organization. They said, "Hey, let's bring him in," and it was announced uh, on Monday. I guess Sunday night officially it was announced, and then he finally met with the media on Monday at BMO Field. 
Hoagie, it seems like such a, an odd situation there. Because on paper, and listen, we're not in the Saskatchewan locker room, right? But to the outside looking in, it seemed like Deron Carter was doing everything asked of him. He's a wide receiver. They said, play defense. Okay, boss, goes and does it. Then flips back and forth. And then all of a sudden, he's released. And his personality, it's not a surprise that he's a diva-type character with some issues. So well, that's always the mystery to me of, of the why. Maybe Who knows? Maybe we'll never know. But it's exciting that he's in Toronto. It's interesting because, you know, talking to, to SJ and talking to Bear about him, and I, I, I had not met Duran until yesterday, and, and, and in my role here, spent some time with him before he was unleashed to the media. And um, uh, my initial response is, he's a pretty decent guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had me laughing. He, he was very curious about what, was, you know, what Toronto was like and certainly said all of the right things off mic. He said all of the right things on mic. That's a very small sample. Um, but you know, if, if, if he's able to coexist in the room and Mark, Colts, Mark uh, Trustman is all about the culture of the team, uh, he's going to fit in. We know what kind of dynamic player he is. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think if you're the biggest Deron Carter hater on the planet, you're going to look at him and say, man, that guy's just got no game. Um, I think you have to see that. And then, um, it's whether or not he's going to fit in here and, with the ship that Mark Trestman runs, if he can't fit in here, then he's not going to fit in anywhere. So I think this is a good test for Deron Carter as a player, maybe a better test for him as a man. And in discussions with him yesterday, he seems uh, gung-ho about getting started on the six-month Mark Trestman leadership hmm. course. In conversation with Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Argonauts on Twitter, at Mike Hogan Argos. So, Hogan, let's go over that. Mark Tressman, uh, his his conversation with the media there, and we played a little bit off the off the top of the show, mm-hmm. and it seems really like this is Mark Tressman typically soft spoken. Not that he was yelling here, but soft spoken and laid back. He this was no nonsense. This was he's going to have to prove himself over and over, and he's going to have to prove that he is a team guy. It seemed like a very a very strong statement. Do you think that he, like the, the feel that he really wanted him to begin with? Um. That I don't know. I mean, obviously, if Mark Tressman uh, wanted to veto this move, he would have the power to do that. Right. I don't think there's any question about that. So Mark Tressman is on board with Deron Carter coming to Toronto. Um, what is interesting is Mark Tressman, and this is the same for every player, and I, th- I think that Mark Tressman, um, more than winning, and, and, and Deron talked about this yesterday, more than winning, he wants to develop people. Um, it's it's a really strange dynamic for a football coach, but Mark Trussman is adamant about it. He wants to develop people, and he's very good at it. And, you know, it, it's interesting. If you talk to an Argo who first experiences Mark Trussman, I did this last year, and it was really weird, that um, I talked to somebody who had known for a while, either on or off the record, a player, and I said, what do you think of Trussman so far? And and to a man, it was all, it was kind of strange because they almost all used the same word, and the word was genius. Hmm. They say, "Oh man, it's a genius." I mean, the X's and all. This guy's fantastic. And then I'd ask the same question um, in probably late September. Uh, Brandon Whitaker is the first guy that I heard say this, and I thought this was kind of curious. And then I asked somebody else, "What do you think of Tressman?" And got almost the same answer, word for word. And it was, "I'm a better man because of Mark Tressman. I'm a better father because of Mark Tressman. Hmm. I'm a better husband. I'm a better, you know, just it, it was it was really strange." that people, for the first part of Pressman season, were talking all about football, and then midway through, were not talking about football at all. It was, it, was, it was a really strange thing. And having experienced this secondhand through talking to all of the players who have gone through this, uh, this might be the best thing in the world for Dron Carter, because he's going to be treated as a football player after he's treated as a man. 
And, you know, I, different people mature at different ages. I didn't mature. People say yeah, I still haven't matured. <laughs> but I was a pretty immature guy until at least my late 20s. And, you know, maybe he's just in the same boat and, and needs this kind of structure to be able to succeed and, and change and mature a little bit. He's just a big kid. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's the initial indication uh, that I've gotten from Drawn Carter in watching him from afar. He's smiling all the time. Mm-hmm. He has fun with everything he does. And if he's ready to kind of put on the big boy pants and come in with Mark Tressman and learn and, you know, sort of assimilate with his teammates and, and become part of the Argonaut culture, he could be a, 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 a fantastic player and also get that sort of crash course in maturation. And S.J. Green talked about that as well, how excited he was for his friend that he was going to be able to experience the structure and, and continue to grow as a person. And again, that's S.J. Green saying that. Yeah. So uh, it's this is a fascinating dynamic. Um, you know, I, I remember when Mike Pinball Clemens was here, um, who kind of preached family first, and he did and was very good at it. But this is different. This this Tressman thing is really neat. And if you talk to uh, if you talk to players, I'm sure they'll openly talk about how much they've learned not about football but about life. It's a it's a really cool concept. And especially with the added support system with similar teammates, as you said, S.J. Green from Montreal, Bear Woods, like having that support system around Deron Carter, I'm sure is going to be very helpful for him. But, Hoagie, if you're an Argos fan and you're looking and you just got upset by the Montreal Alouettes, you're in a dogfight for that second spot in the East Division with Hamilton. You got the back-to-back Labor Day Classic in the post. And then you're told, I don't get to see this shiny new toy till late September after the bye. I'd be a little frustrated as a fan. Why Why wait so long? I, I know it's a different position, but look what happened when Johnny Manziel was yep. down to the Wolves, yep. right? Yep. He wasn't ready. Yep. And I know it's, it's, but Duran was playing this year. Sure. And, you know, learning, learning, um, learning a playbook for a receiver is a lot easier than learning it for a quarterback because the receiver has essentially one position to learn. Um, if he knows where he's going to play, eventually he's going to learn all of the positions so he can go and play X, Y, Z, wherever they want to put him. And Deron Carter's a very versatile guy, so you could do all of that. Um, but, but you know, Manziel got thrown to the wolves, and he was terrible. And he was better the second time around. Um, first of all, I don't know if, if Deron Carter would know the playbook by Labor Day. And secondly, Mark Tressman doesn't give out starts. Hmm. He makes people earn it. And historically, you'll see, you know, you'll say, oh, this guy's ready. He should be up next because of talent. You'll see Mark Tressman promote somebody else to the roster because he's been here longer or because he thinks that he's more comfortable with the offense. And usually for Mark Tressman, it, it works. I mean, he's been here six years. He's won three Grey Cups with two different organizations. Uh, been doing other, like he's just, he wins. And, you know, it's all part of a process for Mark Tressman. So when he thinks that Deron Carter has, has, has developed trust, and he uses that word a lot as well. I have to trust the players. So he's got to learn how to trust Deron Carter. Deron Carter has to show Mark Tressman that he's earned his trust. Um, so it's, it's, it's all part of this Mark Tressman philosophy. And if, if, if Deron Carter goes out and shows that he has earned Tressman's trust, which is very difficult to say three times quickly. Um, <laughs> I, I think that you'll see Deron Carter in the lineup because we know the talent is there. It's just, is he going to be uh, a Mark Tressman player? And as soon as he shows Mark Tressman that he's, he's bought in and is going to be a member of the Argonauts organization in good standing, he'll get an opportunity to play and not before. 
In conversation with Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Argonauts. A couple quick hitters for the East Division with you here, Hoagie. Let's yep. look back for the Argonauts, upset by the Montreal Alouettes, then we'll look forward to the Ticats for Labor Day. So the Alouettes, listen, let's not mince words. You look at the Alouettes this year, teams go in. This should be a check. You pad your stats, and you can use it as contract negotiation tools, typically coming out of this Alouettes team. Now, what in your mind, what happened with the Argos with the Alouettes. You had Antonio Pipkin in. Um, he was he was good. He didn't throw a touchdown. Ran a couple in. Like what what happened? Was this more the Alouettes jumped up and played really well and shocked the Argos, or Toronto might have played down? I don't think anybody expected the Montreal Alouettes to lose all of their games this year, and they had already beaten Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. and you know there, there's enough talent there that you knew they were going to beat somebody. What happened, in my estimation, is the Argos had some opportunities early and came away with threes instead of sevens. Mm. And Montreal hung around. Montreal started thinking, hey, we can win this game. And when you're, when I played high school, I played on really bad teams. And if we were close, it was almost like there was this surge of adrenaline. Like, it's like, okay, we're in this game. And I think that's what happened to Montreal. At obviously a higher level, but I mean, it's, it's, it, you get that. You you sort of see momentum build in a football game, and I think Montreal started to get that. And then when the Argonauts looked like you know they were maybe going to put them away, uh, you started seeing the injuries occur. And Cassius Vaughn gets blows out his his, yeah. uh, his Achilles, and that turns into a touchdown. Right? I mean, he, he, on the coverage, he, he just it was sniper fire. Right? There was nobody near him. He just went down, and he gets on the cart, and we find out that he's torn his Achilles. So there's a long play that ends up for a touchdown. So he's out of the game. Uh, Marcus Roberson Jr., uh, the, who had looked exceptionally good as a boundary corner, he's out of the game as well with an upper body injury. Uh, I think he went through concussion protocol. So now all of a sudden you've lost your two boundary side, your, your short side of the field, your, your, your two best in theory defensive players. Now all of a sudden you've got to take Jermaine Gabriel move him from safety out to the uh, field corner. You take Ronnie Yell from field corner. Uh, you move him over to the boundary corner. Like you're moving your entire secondary around. Uh, secondary around. Declan Cross gets hurt, so all of a sudden you've taken out a key element on offense. And near the end of the game, Dylan Wynn gets hurt, and you know they they ended up losing a handful of players. And Anthony Coombs went down. So I mean, it's it's it, all of these guys get injured in this game, and you know injuries are a part of football, and it's it's not an excuse, but I think it's a mitigating factor as one of the reasons why they lost the football game. And now we look ahead to the Hamilton Ticats and Hoagie coming. It's it's a, a home and home. Oh, boy, right! Like this is Labor Day. This is this is, <laughs> this is getting into must win territory for the Argos because Ticats four and five. And I don't think we can underestimate Jeremiah Masoli leading that first comeback victory fourth quarter. That was the knock on him, right? Boy, he can put up mm-hmm. some big numbers. Can't win a ball game when it counts. He did it. If if this first of two games, like is are we looking for the Argos? Is this a split? And what do you think of Hamilton? Uh, I think Hamilton's a pretty good team moving the football, well, and you yeah. know, there's, to me, there's a matchup. I mean, especially with the injuries now with Vaughn out, we're going to see who next man up is, and is Roberson going to be ready? And um, you know, the Argonauts. What 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 is frustrating now from the double blue perspective is it looked like they were finally getting their 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 eyes dotted and t's crossed in the secondary. Um, you know, Mike Archer, the defensive coordinator, was finally getting okay. This guy is best for this position. This guy is best for this position. Uh, he was able to get Alden Darby in to play the Sam linebacker spot because he had moved Cassius Vaughn to the boundary half. And, like, it, it, it was, okay, now all of the dominoes are finally lined up, and then all of a sudden maybe the biggest domino of them all in Vaughn has gone for the year. So I'm curious to see how the secondary responds 
and plays against a team that is pretty pass-heavy. And whether or not they can get to Masoli, whether or not they can, uh, you know, slow him down, you know, they're going to get their yards one way or the other. But uh, if, if they can keep him out of the end zone and maybe get Hamilton to settle for threes uh, instead of sevens like the Alouettes did the Argonauts, I think I think maybe that's uh, the biggest thing that they can accomplish on Labor Day. And, you know, maybe taking the crowd out of the game. If they can get a couple of scores early and get yeah. up by 10 or 14 points, you know what it's like uh, in that building. It's... Uh, it's, rowdy. it's a different atmosphere on Labor Day than it is yeah. for any other day of the year in Hamilton. And if you can take that crowd out of it a little bit, I think that that will go a long way into uh, maybe leading to a more successful finish than, than what the Argonauts saw in Montreal on Friday. Well, Hoagie, always enjoy chatting with you, my friend, and great work over at the Argos. And, uh, hey, we'll look forward to, to hearing your call on TSN 1050. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. That was Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Argonauts on Twitter at Mike Hogan Argos. We'll step aside and come back with some CFL power rankings and fantasy tips with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Stay tuned. A lot coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81. Remember, folks, delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a jam-packed feast pizza, medium feast pizza for just $10.99. That's it, $10.99. You can upgrade to a large. You can check out the boneless chicken, the pasta, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert is a must. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. Let's get to some power rankings and some CFL fantasy tips. My guy, Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Scotty, how's it going? Great. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, man. Let's, let's start on the injury front. Um, Emmanuel Arsenault, uh, some bad news there. Suffered a torn ACL. He is out for the year. And when you look at that BC offense overall, it's, it's been such a weird year because you had Jennings starting at quarterback, then Lule. The, the offense was up and down. And we saw as of late, the last couple weeks, Arsenal with a bit of an uptick in production. Still only one touchdown, though. When you think about the impact to that offense, it looks like, really, even if he wasn't having the best season, that offense cannot afford to lose a weapon like that. Well, exactly, right? And it's not as though, you know, Arsenal, um, his production has dipped from where he was a couple of years ago. But, yes, when you look at kind of the other options available in B.C., the last thing you want to do is remove uh, Manuel Arsenal from it. And like now, uh, I think Brian Burnham, who, who hasn't had a great season himself, this maybe puts a little bit more pressure on him to to finish strong because you know the Lions need somebody to be their go-to guy, and uh, Burnham certainly was that guy last year. But th- this year, you know, the numbers aren't aren't nearly as impressive, and so I, I think that uh, you know they, they've got some challenges uh, as they try and um, you know stay in contention or get back into uh, the playoff hunt. And, and I think you know when you're three and six and you lose one of your um, top receivers that uh, you know you're fighting uphill at this point exactly now the lions lucky for them i suppose is they're on the bye week so they get a chance to kind of regroup refocus the offense but big picture here scotty brian burnham you mentioned how much of a and i guess you could look at it two ways one he's going to get more targets but two teams mm-hmm. are going to know he's kind of the prime guy and might double him up so fantasy wise like a big picture here has his value gone up or down do you think well, I suppose it's gone up a little bit because of the you know the the expectation of increased volume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, there there aren't a ton of options. I think if you're looking for the save value play in in their passing game, Kevin Elliott's not a bad. Mm, okay. Uh, had a dud of a game last like this past week, but uh, had been pretty good in the three weeks before that. Kind of as he. Um, 
just started uh, into the into the Lions lineup. And so, you know, you kind of give him a break, I guess, for for this. Uh, poor game this past week where he had one catch for seven yards, but uh, in the in the previous three games he'd, he'd been a contributor, and um, you know I think you could uh, look at Elliott as maybe the value play, but uh, you know if we're looking at the the one guy who's most likely to you know see a, a big production increase, it would be Burnham because he's the guy who has the highest ceiling. And we saw what kind of numbers he could put up last year, and, and you say okay, well you know there's a chance that he could really be the guy who carries the um, the offense for the for the Lions for the rest of the season, but you know that that's something where you kind of need him to revert to form because so far this year, you know he is he's under 500 yards through the first mm-hmm. nine games. That's not quite um, what the Lions were expecting from Burnham this year. I don't think. No, not at all. And swinging back to the power rankings here, Scotty. Sometimes you need a reminder of how good the Calgary Stampeders are, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, week ten, Saskatchewan jumped out. They beat them without scoring an offensive touchdown. What the heck? Are they still truly number one? Well, then you get yourself uh, some Bo Levi Mitchell, and the dude throws for four fifty two. Our boy Don Jackson got back in there. Kamar Jordan, uh, two hundred and forty nine yards. Like, like Scotty, that was like the video game on easy there, man. That was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was uh, yeah. You wanted to doubt us. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll show you. And certainly, like that game for Kamar Jordan. My goodness, oh. uh, that is a monster performance. And you know now he's he's up to being the second uh, leading receiver in terms of yards uh, this year behind uh, Duke Williams. And um, and and look, we've talked at various points this year about Bo Levi Mitchell is that he certainly appears to be healthy in, in a way that he didn't last year. You know, we had lots of kind of discussions last year that it, it looked like his game wasn't quite, wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. And, and the production wasn't there. And, and this year, uh, while, um, you know, he doesn't have outrageous production, it's certainly much better. And, and he looks healthy. Like I think one of the reasons his production, uh, isn't necessarily off the charts is because Calgary is usually winning comfortably most weeks and they don't need him to, to chuck it downfield. But, you know, got, after this past week, he's up to 20 touchdowns against five interceptions. Um, you know, and, and I believe he's leading all, all quarterbacks in efficiency rating. So, you know, we, we, we're getting back to kind of the A-plus version of Bo Levi Mitchell, and, you know, that, that's kind of something the rest of the league should fear because Calgary, if they're getting uh, top-notch quarterback play, it's uh, they're going to be really tough to beat. So we'll keep Calgary at the top, and, and Sam Peters, thank mm-hmm. you for reminding us. You belong there. Okay, yeah, yeah. no question now, <laughs> yes. Uh, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are much more interesting, Scotty, because we've been talking about they're kind of in that second-tier clump with Edmonton, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden we're seeing a two-game losing streak. We're seeing uh, Matt Nichols being booed by home fans. We're seeing him throw a couple interceptions. Uh, Strevler comes in, throws a 65-yard sneak bomb to Lankford. What? And I talked about it earlier in the show. What do you make of the quarterback situation with the Bombers, and where do you where do you see them now heading into Week Twelve in your rankings? Well, certainly sliding. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and this is kind of the way it is with all these teams who are uh, in close quarters. And, and I would say, kind of uh, for a while, we've had Edmonton and Winnipeg and, and Ottawa have been kind of hovering in that. Uh, next group behind Calgary, um, well, you lose a couple games in a row and all of a sudden you find yourself on the wrong end of that, uh, of that group. And, and I think that's where, that's where Winnipeg is right now. And, and I mean, look, Saskatchewan is gaining on them. You know, the, the riders, you would say technically have a better record at five and four compared to the Winnipeg at five and five. Uh, Bombers still have a, a, uh, 
an advantage in, in terms of point differential, fairly significant one. Um, but uh, to your question here about uh, you know the quarterback play, I think that's you know this is a a major um, kind of concern for for Winnipeg because if Matt Nichols is is not you know the Matt Nichols of 2017, uh, I think that opens the door to other options. I think mm-hmm. you know if he was playing as he did last year, you would be pretty comfortable that okay, Winnipeg's got quarterback. Um, solidified and, and you know, they can uh, kind of be comfortable with that situation. Well, that hasn't really been the case this year with uh, with Nichols. Obviously, it started with the injury, um, and you know, since he's come back, it's just it's been inconsistent. It's not it's not as though he's been awful, but you know, there's <laughs> there's kind of a wide range in there between uh, um, you know between what you want at your starting quarterback and awful. And, and yeah, you know, right now right now Matt Nichols is kind of on that spectrum kind of t- tilting uh, to the wrong side of it. And so, like, I-, I still think he's, you know, their choice, but, you know, it could give him another bad start or two, and then maybe Strebler is uh, starting to take playing time. Like, that's when you're on, on the kind of bubble the way Winnipeg is, you know, you're seeing here with a 5-5 five and five record, you can't, you can't very well afford to, you know, take a two-game losing streak and make it a four-game losing streak just because you're trying to sort things out with your, with your quarterback. Like I, I think, um, you know, this is, this has shortened the leash on, on Nichols, which isn't great because, you know, his performance is, uh, you know, leaving him vulnerable, I guess, to, to having uh, Strebler take some more of the reps. Yeah, and really only leaves Andrew Harris as the sure fantasy play on offense. If you're mixing and matching quarterbacks, it's it's tricky to do that. So Winnipeg has their work cut out for them. But, Scotty, what have we been saying all year? And it from last year, it's Jeremiah Masoli. Okay, the numbers are great. The 300-yard games are great. But the dude hasn't scored touchdowns and can't make a comeback. Well, that changed, 25-24. Yeah. And what I loved about this, Scotty, was the overcoming through a couple first-half interceptions, but then through the touchdown when it mattered most and drove in the fourth quarter for the victory. Do you think, and I'm not saying it's going to be a huge jump this week, but do you think that hurdle, getting over that hurdle for Mazzoli, saying, okay, we can come back and I can be the guy to do it. Do you think that's going to play in the rest of this year? Especially, hey, Labor Day's coming up. Well, right. you know, as, you, as you're giving me that intro for Jeremiah Mazzoli, it made me think of, you know, like Chris Carter, the NFL receiver, they used to say all he does is catch touchdowns. <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli, like, he's like the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> all he does is throw for yardage. He does not throw no. for yardage. But, but as you say, uh, clutch touchdown against the Eskimos. And that's like, I mean, when you have a quarterback who's putting up the yards that he's been able to put up, you have to think the touchdowns follow. Like, it's it just particularly in a league where you have this deep, deep end zone. Like, my goodness, it should not be that hard to yeah. uh, to find the end zone. And so uh, I, I think you, know, you should be optimistic about what can come out of Hamilton, but uh, you kind of still need to see it. Like, a big win uh, to, to beat Edmonton, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you'd like to see Masoli, um, you know, when he's putting up these games of 300, 300 yards passing, 400 yards passing, you know, give me three or four touchdowns once in a while so that you know that it's possible. Right. Um, look, and, and uh, you know, on the team aspect, I think they have to be encouraged that, you know, Masoli's putting up those yards. Alex Green has been very good uh, since getting back from injury. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, I mean, heck, they, they had a win last week, and, and you know, Brandon Banks, who, who was normally their, their guy for 100 yards every week, was kind of an afterthought. Uh, and it, Chris Williams, since coming over from Montreal, has – you know, sort of been a spare part. Like I think the the ceiling is still higher here for for Hamilton to uh, to do more down the stretch. But uh, I think as you 
kind of allude to off the top is that a lot of it falls on Masoli. If he, if he's um, if he's able to punch that ball into the end zone, well, then you can think that this Hamilton team, um, you know, they could be as good as any team in the East. But you know, you, you need to see those touchdowns to really start believing in them. Exactly, and this this might be the start. But yeah, so and that always kind of caps Mazzoli's fantasy upside, right? Because you got the yards, oh, but if you're sure. not popping the touchdowns, like, you can't add some running on the ground. But for that price, like he's still he's still a top end quarterback price play on the TSN CFL fantasy game. And yeah, until we start seeing those two three touchdown games, it's kind of tough to pick them. It is, and, and you know? that's you know such is the nature of the game that 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 price. I, I'm sure is tied more to the fact that he's thrown for you know more than 2,800 yards, uh, not the fact that he has nine touchdowns and ten interceptions. Like, um, you know, those aren't the numbers that sort of uh, coincide with a guy who who is you know the second highest uh, price quarterback. I mean, Mike Riley. Uh, as much as you know, you can debate whether that you want to spend 14,000 uh, in the fantasy game on, on a given week. His numbers justify that he should be the uh, the quarterback at the top of the board. Whereas, you know, when we see uh, the numbers from Masoli, I think I, I have a real hard time paying that price um, when, say, like Bo Levi Mitchell is is not as expensive and he gives you touchdowns. You know, I mean, yeah. Mitchell hasn't thrown for quite as much yardage, but you know, he's thrown twenty touchdowns compared to Masoli's nine. And so, you know, for the difference in price, um, you know, in, until I see Masoli punching that ball into the end zone, it's just not worth it. And, Scotty, when we look back to Week 11 and then ahead to Week 12, the Argos were in that tier hovering around with, with Hamilton. You lose to the Montreal Alouettes. Good gravy. And you know what? Hey, let's give credit. I've coined, okay, we have, I, I've coined this, Scotty. Tell me if you like it. We have Johnny Football, and we got Pigskin Pipkin. How about that? There you go. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, like, and, and, um, we've talked about this over the past few weeks is we have some of these quarterbacks who come in with, you know, nary a track record. You know, McLeod Bethel Thompson comes in for Toronto and, and does some good things, and, and certainly Antonio Pipkin, goodness, was he like sixth on the on the LOX depth chart? I think um, so. <laughs> and and you know and you know there, while it, there are some obvious flaws to his game, he's also you know pretty productive for a guy who was sixth on the depth chart. So you know, credit to him for. Uh, you know, I mean, look, any, anybody who can get the LOX to win deserves some uh, some credit, uh, but. I think that's you know that that comes down and, and I guess shows you a little bit about the Argos too is that uh, lo- losing to Montreal even though it's in Montreal that's that's a game that if you're Toronto and you have hopes of being something better uh, you can't have that that's no. uh, you know that that's one that everyone else is penciling in as a W and then and then you you end up taking an L so. Um, you know, I, we'll, we'll see how, how that goes for the Argos going forward. Uh, certainly, Jerron Carter might give them some help down down the stretch, but uh, you also need to win some games uh, in the meantime so that uh, those games down the stretch matter. I'm glad you brought up Jerron Carter there, Scotty, because, yeah, the weapon is there, but we're not going to see him till the end of September. And this was, I played some yeah. audio earlier from Mark Trestman, and usually he's laid back, he's kind of soft-spoken. Like, you saw in his eyes, this dude's not messing around. He's like, he's going to have to prove it. I'm not. It's almost yeah. like Pop, Pop was like, just take him. He's like, all right. He's, and he, he is skeptical, and he's going to make him wait. But listen, if you wait too long and you keep a weapon like that on the sidelines, it might cost you a playoff spot. Well, I mean, you could argue that Saskatchewan was doing the same thing at the start of the season. Yeah. Right? That yeah. they, they kind of held Carter out of... Uh, you know, had him on defense and, and not making him a focal point on offense. Like, if you're going to have Jerron Carter, 
then you know use your weapon for for what he can do and, and certainly we've seen that he's a very talented receiver who who should be able to to make a difference for a CFL team but uh, obviously um, there are some hurdles for him to overcome um, if that's going to happen because you know the, the Argos are not the first team that uh, are kind of putting him on the back burner and uh, going to make him earn it uh, and down the stretch and then, so as we say like the Argos they're saying it was a three and six record well you know I mean if if they're three and ten by the time they decide to uh, give Jerron Carter uh, an opportunity well you know what's the point mm-hmm. uh, and so. You know, to me, it, they at least need to start getting some wins, uh, so that if Carter's there down the stretch, well, that he might actually have a, a reasonable impact for them in games that matter. Yeah, boy, it's going to be uh, going to be a fascinating week uh, heading into Labor Day, and then Scotty, as we know, after Labor Day. It's go time, right? Then, then things That's right. start That's getting when the serious. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never mind the other eleven weeks. Yeah, uh, Scotty, thank you so much. As always, we'll uh, we'll talk to, to you post Labor Day next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Get him on Twitter at TSN. Scott Cullen, all those great work, statistically speaking. He's got fantasy tips, all the great stuff you need. Scott Cullen on TSN.ca. We'll take the break. I'll come back with my game picks for week 12. Labor Day Banjo Bowl, baby. It's all coming up, as well as we will hear the full interview with Deron Carter as he met the Toronto media, becoming a member of the Double Blue. That's coming up to wrap up CFL Weekly next across the TSN radio network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. And people, we're delivered by Domino's Medium Feast Pizza 1099. Check out all the great deals and specials for any size of party gathering or just because. Go to dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. And the story of the week to me, Deron Carter landing with the Argonauts. The interesting thing, though, as I talked to Mike Hogan earlier, was, well, he isn't going to play right away. It'll be late September. Deron Carter, controversial figure. He's known as a diva. He's been known to have attitude problems. Well, let's hear from Deron Carter himself as he had a press conference with the Toronto media. Do you think you'd be wearing a A on your chest this season? Uh, no, I, I would not. You, if you told me I would be playing for Toronto uh, this season, I, I'd probably tell you you're crazy. Right, you, there you go. Deron, why did you want to come here? Uh, I think it was the, the best fit for me uh, as far as Coach Tressman and, and knowing uh, Jim Pop and having friends here and S.J. Green and Bear Woods. Uh, I think just, you know, with the remainder of the season and me being comfortable and being able, being able to help a team and throughout the rest of the year, I think this is the best spot. Why is Coach Tressman the best fit for you? Because some people look at it and aren't sure about that. You said, hey, that's the best fit for you. What about him makes it a good fit? Uh, I think uh, we're – a lot in the same, to tell you the truth. You know, a lot of a lot of people uh, get into my guess by antic, antics and quotations. Uh, but um, he's really into football. You know, he know he knows everything, and just by you know being here one day, listening to the meetings, he knows his football, and, and that's one thing I definitely appreciate a lot. You know, having his tenure, being in the coaches, the, the receivers he's worked with. I mean, he's worked with my dad. You know, in the NFL, and and just being able to be able to pick his brain and, and know what he knows offensively, I think. Be a great fit. Oh, quickly, quickly, sorry. Huh? Sorry, sorry. But to that point, I mean, as Dave was about to say, he was with your dad in like 90, 91. So, what, what was it 
about that relationship? What did your dad tell him, tell you about Mark Trussman? Uh He's definitely one of the people that, that helped my dad, you know, get it in order. Uh, uh, when he met my dad, he was definitely in a, a you know, a transition time be- between uh, the Eagles and the Vikings. And Coach Trestman is, you know, he's a straightforward guy. He tells you exactly how he feels. Uh, but he also, you know, tells you ways to get better. You know, one thing that uh, he's been telling me, you know, I, throughout this whole free agent process is, you know, getting better as a leader, getting better as a man. And that's his goal. His goal is not to win, you know, great cups. His goal is to get, make better men. And that's why I'm here. How quickly do you think you could uh, get used to his uh, offense to run? Uh, man, you know, uh, just every day I'm I'm working on it, and it's really about just me getting comfortable with the team, getting comfortable in the locker room, getting comfortable in the city of Toronto. And, you know, there's no real timetable on that. He, uh, my, the first thing he told me coming in is, you know, you're not going to play right away, and I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. You know, it's for me about getting comfortable, and when I am comfortable, that's when I can help the team the most. Deron, how, how, uh, how influential has your Uncle Butch been to you? Uh, man, he's he's definitely been my my number one tour guy for Toronto right now. I've been hanging out with him uh, all week. Uh, he's been here about 20 years, you know, coaching the Raptors and everything. And it's great to sort of just know what he knows, the areas, good places to eat, you know, just everything in Toronto. Anything I need, I'll go to him. Do you do you feel like you need to do things differently in this stop, or did getting released kind of make you examine how you carry yourself as a player? Uh, I think getting fired would make anybody uh, examine how you know how they are in their job. Uh, but for me, uh, it, it's all just you know a learning process. I'm 27, still getting older. I hope to play till I'm about 47. So you know, uh, I just want to get better, being a better person, being a better player, and, and I know that leads to getting championships. And hopefully, that could be this could be a spot for me. The decision to go off Twitter. How come? Oh, no, I'm I'm as popular or as notorious, however you want to call it, as I could get on Twitter right now. So there's no need for me to be on there. You're not going back? Ah, uh, no. I mean, no. It's more of a, a headache now because it, it used to be fun talking to you know people and getting the intellectual conversations. Now it's just weird guys on there. So I try to stay away from it. Jerron, you get number 89 here for the Argos? Uh, yes, sir. I, I, that, that was what was on my jersey in, in my locker, so hopefully I am 89. So how quickly do you think you might be able to play? Have you given yourself any sort of target date where you like? Oh, uh, no. I mean, that's completely up to Coach Tressman and how he feels. I'm comfortable with the offense. Uh, you know, it's my job to come in here and, and earn my spot. You know, uh, that, that's what I've done every, every place I've ever been, you know, come in and earn my spot as a receiver. And as soon as I do that, you'll see me on the field. How did the free agency process play out for you? And were you close to going anywhere else? Uh, it was, there was definitely a, a few teams, you know, um, you know, back and forth. There was, it was difficult. I'll, t- I'll tell you that, you know, just weighing the options. Every, every team has their, their sort of their pluses, their minuses, you know, different coaching staffs, different, different personalities. Uh, I just felt like uh, right now for me, knowing Jim Pop and Coach Tressman and the, and the structure that he has, I think it was best for me. Coach Tressman welcome message to you coming to the Argonauts. What did you guys talk about before Penn got put to paper? Uh, it's going to be hard. It's gonna, uh, I think uh, the, the first text message he, he sent me was, um, this is going to be the h- hardest test of your career. And, and I said, I'm ready to work, coach. And so I think, I think you know, that's going to start our relationship on a good foot. You know, me coming out here just ready to work and proving myself. And we'll roll through my Labor Day game picks. It all starts Friday, August 31st. All these games on TSN. Montreal into Ottawa. 
Ottawa Red Blacks have to be frothing at the mouth. Nice story with Antonio Pipkin. Pigskin Pipkin, I call him. Over the Argos last week, but the Red Blacks off of a bye. Trevor Harris was lights out, and they've done it for a couple of weeks. I think the Red Blacks send a message to Montreal and the rest of the league. Give me the Red Blacks. Then we take Saturday off, go to Sunday, September 2nd, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Boy, the Blue Bombers need to win in the worst way, don't they? Uh, they've lost two in a row. You have Saskatchewan trying to pull away at 5-4. and four. They could lock up Edmonton and move into second place. This is going to be tough. A lot of controversy around the quarterback situation with the Bombers. I'm going to go with the home team, man. I've been to Regina. I've been to that Sask. To, to Mosaic, man. That is a tough place to play. Give me the Rough Riders. Then we go to Labor Day. Double Labor Day. Fight here. Interprovincial battles. We start off at 3 in the afternoon. Eastern. Edmonton into Calgary. I love this. This is going to be a slugfest. It'll be close. I think it'll be high scoring. But after that week, a clean sweep of the performers of the week by the Calgary Stampeders. I'll go with Bo Levi Mitchell and that the Stamps keep the good times rolling over the Eskimos. Then finally, 6.30 p.m. on Monday, Labor Day Classic from Hamilton. Ticats and the Argonauts. No drawn card until the end of September. Hamilton has been very interesting. Talking about it earlier in the show, Jeremiah Masoli overcoming, finally getting over that hump, a game-winning drive with a touchdown. They still need to score more touchdowns, but I think the Ticats take this one at home. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you miss any of the show, go to your local TSN radio station under the shows section. Check it on CFL Weekly, on iTunes, of course, and I'll post it at AndyMC on Twitter and on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. So, for producer Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. Happy long weekend, folks. Enjoy the games.